to the podcast for North Decatur Presbyterian Church. We are a PCUSA congregation located in Decatur, Georgia. You can find out more about the church, our service to the community, and our great education programs for children like me and youth and adults at ndpc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. If you're in the Atlanta area, we hope you'll come join us in person. Okay, that's it. On to this week's scripture and sermon. This morning, we are gathered again to focus our hearts and minds on the big idea of mercy. This morning, we are going to hear one of the Bible's great stories about mercy. It's a weird, weird and wonderful story. It is the book of Jonah, and so we have assembled a cast of players this morning to share with you the story of Jonah and a story about God's mercy. Our story this morning is from the book of Jonah. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness is obvious to me. Well, it all starts out uh, so good, right? Jonah is this prophet of God, and we know that when God wants to say something, God uses prophets to speak. So God has this word for Jonah. Go to Nineveh and cry out against it. Now, who is Nineveh, you're asking? Nineveh is Assyria. And Assyria was, for a time, the most powerful kingdom in the world. And they were kind of nasty, brutal people. They did mean things, really mean things to God's people, Israel. These were not the most likable folks in all the world, if you know what I mean. In the VeggieTales version of the Jonah story, the Ninevites are fish smackers, right? They smack people with dead fish, not likable people at all. So God gives Jonah a job to do. It's not an easy one, but Jonah can do it. Jonah is a prophet. But Jonah set out to Tarshish to flee from the presence of the Lord. (laughs) He, He did what? Jonah went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Jonah just received a word from God, and now he's running away? I mean, not just running away, he's going to Tarshish, right? Which is like as far away from anything as anybody can get. Even worse, Jonah is fleeing from the presence of God. Good luck with that, Jonah. Mm. Anyway, Jonah gets on the boat, but that's when the real trouble starts. The Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. Such a mighty storm came upon the ship and it threatened to break apart. The sailors were afraid. And each of them cried out to their own God. They threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship to sail away from the storm. Jonah, meanwhile, had gone down into the hold of the ship and laid down and was fast asleep. The captain came to him and said, Jonah, 
Jonah! What are you doing sound asleep? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps your God will be good to us so that we all don't die out here. And the soldiers said to one another and their dogs, Come on, fellas, let's draw straws so that we'll know who to blame for all this. <laughs> well, when bad things happen, we always want someone to blame. But in this case, the sailors were right. So the sailors drew straws, and the short straw fell to Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us why this calamity has come upon us. What have you done? And Jonah said to them, I worship the creator of heaven and earth. My God gave me a job to do, but I decided to run away. The sailors said to Jonah, What should we do to you so that the sea will quiet down and not kill us all? For the sea was growing more and more angry. Jonah said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, then the sea will calm down. I know it's because of me this storm has happened. No matter how hard they tried, the sailors couldn't control the boat anymore. So they picked up Jonah and they threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Whew. Wow. Well, maybe Jonah's going to be okay. I mean, maybe he can swim to shore from here. Uh-oh. Maybe not. The Lord sent a huge fish to swallow up Jonah. <laughs> and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and nights. Whoa, now that's intense. What do you suppose it feels like to be in the belly of a whale? What does it smell like to be in the belly of a whale? What are you thinking or feeling at this point if you're Jonah? I mean, maybe he thinks, this is it. I'm not gonna make it. This is where it ends for me, digested by a fish. And maybe Jonah thinks, I kinda deserve this. It turns out, one of the things Jonah did do inside the fish is pray. He prayed a prayer of repentance. He said, I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, and now that I'm stuck here, I realize how much I need you. Well, not long after Jonah prayed, something else happened. The Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Who saw that one coming, right? So now Jonah is back on the dry land, and he's back on the beach. He's drenched, smelling like fish guts, right? What's he going to do now? The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up! Go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a huge city, a three-day walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk, and he cried out as he went, 
40 days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's a gutsy thing to say, Jonah. I mean, walking into the enemy's home city and proclaiming, my God says you all are doomed. <laughs> but here's one of the many, many peculiar parts of this Jonah story. Listen to this. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They declared a fast from eating and everyone, great and small, put on mourning clothes, burlap, the Assyrians realized they had been way, way too mean. Their consciences were on fire. They apologized and began to repent. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, sat down his dog, and covered himself with burlap and sat in the ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king, my whole kingdom shall fast, and we shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from our evil ways and from the violence that is in our hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. Did you get a load of that? The king himself, the knucklehead in chief, has now repented. This is a miracle. Even the hardest of hearts can be turned. This would be like the president coming on national TV saying, I've been way too harsh on my immigrant friends. I was wrong. I, I want to apologize to all my beautiful Latino sisters and brothers. Full citizenship for the dreamers. I mean, it could happen, right? When God saw what the Ninevites did, how they turned from their evil ways, God spared the Ninevites from punishment for their crimes. Wow. Like, here we are thinking we know who the enemy is. We think we know who's so wrong they can never change, but, but maybe we don't know that at all. I mean, if the Ninevites can change, anyone can change. God, that is a great ending. Let's go back and, and see how Jonah's doing. But all of this was very displeasing to Jonah. What? Jonah prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, I ran away because, because I knew you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing. I knew you would forgive them. Really, I did. That's why I ran away. Right. So Jonah sits down on a hill overlooking the city of Nineveh, still waiting for God to strike the city down. Jonah can simply not believe that God had decided to show mercy to Nineveh. So God decides to poke Jonah one more time. God made a bush and made it rise up over Jonah's head to give him shade, to save him from the hot sun. And Jonah was so happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God sent a worm that attacked the bush so that the bush withered. 
God sent a hot east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was so faint he thought that he would die. And he said, It's better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Really? Really, Jonah? You're concerned about the bush? You didn't make the bush? You didn't cause it to grow? Should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people, people I love, even if they are fish slappers? <laughs> Just kidding. God didn't say that exactly. God says something more like this. Shouldn't I also be concerned about the 120,000 people in Nineveh, even if they don't know their right hand from their left hand, if you know what I mean? That's actually what God says. And that really is the end of the book of Jonah. And that is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Let's get a round of applause for our uh, actors this morning. Yay. What an awesome story, right? Right. This is one of those stories that you should be amazed ever made it into the Bible. It's a story about a prophet, of course, but this prophet is not any kind of hero. In fact, um, no offense, Clint, but he's kind of a doofus. But Jonah is a doofus who is also a lot like many of us. Now, the first way he's like us is that he runs in the other direction when God calls. God tells Jonah to take this message to the Ninevites. And granted, like this is a hard job. Nineveh was the capital of a great military power and Assyria had done horrible things to the Israelites. Right? Imagine my mom trying to go into a mosh pit and telling the kids to be more gentle, right? Uh, but, like, this is not going to happen, right? You, you think, no way can this happen. It's not an easy job, but it's Jonah's job. And yet, Jonah says, no, nah, not going to do it. This can and this does happen when God calls us, especially to do something that we're not sure that we want to do. We hear God calling loud and clear. We know what it is we're supposed to do, and, and we sometimes run away. We come up with good reasons. Always, we have good reasons. It's too hard. I can't do it right now, maybe later. Or maybe you think if you don't tell anyone about it, then no one has to know that you're running away. But when we read this Jonah story, we know from the minute Jonah gets on that boat that he is not going to get away. And the same is probably true for you. You can't ignore God's call. You can't go in the other direction and expect that God is going to let you out of it. God is everywhere. But the great thing about this story, of course, is that God is merciful. God is merciful always to Jonah and also to you and me. And this story reinforces what we've been saying all month during this sermon series on mercy. God is merciful. God sees exactly what Jonah has done, and God gives Jonah a second chance. God sends the fish to swallow up Jonah, and that fish becomes one of the greatest metaphors in all of the Bible, right? Sometimes our second chance requires that we spend 
three days in the belly of the whale. Sometimes we do have to put our life entirely on hold to see how everything that we have is ours by grace. The least we can do, the least we can do is respond when God calls us to do something. Now, the most vexing part of the story, right, is what happens after Jonah gets spit out of the whale. He goes to Nineveh, which he's supposed to do. Even after God has been merciful to Jonah and given him this amazing second chance, Jonah still can't believe that God would be merciful to the Ninevites, to those guys, right? Jonah goes to Nineveh and he, he performs the most effective and efficient uh, ministry of all the Hebrew prophets, like five words Jonah says, and the entire Ninevite community, from cows to king, repent of their evil. They put on the sackcloth. They, they put an end to their destructive way of life. The Ninevites listen to God, and they trust God's mercy. The Ninevites do, but Jonah can't. This might remind you of the Good Samaritan story we read a couple weeks ago when it's the holy people, the ones who should know better, who walk right on by on the side of the road. And it's the nasty foreigner, the Samaritan, who's the one who does the will of God. And Jonah gets grumpy about all this. He gets grumpy about God's mercy. He thinks it's not fair that God doesn't hate the, way, hate the people the way that he does. God has been good to Jonah, but he can't let God be good to someone else. Maybe you've done this too. Maybe you have drawn limits around God's grace and the people that you are willing to show grace to. Jonah finally complains about losing the shade of the plant that God had provided to him. And God says to Jonah, Jonah, why do you always make things about you? God wants the whole world. God wants every single one of us to experience mercy. Mercy is God's defining characteristic. When we experience mercy and trust that strange wisdom of mercy, it changes every person. It changes every one of our relationships with each other, and it changes the world. Jonah probably gets written down at a time when Israel is having a strong movement toward discrimination, toward alienating people who are outsiders and protecting their religion and their ethnicity saying insiders good and outsiders bad, kind of a a make Israel great again ethos. This story sneaks into the Bible to remind God's people both then and now that God is merciful and not just to us and not just some of the time, but to everybody all of the time. God's mercy is for everyone. Jonah never quite gets it. But my hope and prayer is that each one of us and all of us, that we do get it. God is merciful all the time. Let the people say, amen.